Welcome to the Pastor's Cut. This week we're on with John Latore, church planting pastor in our North region, and talking about what got cut from his sermon on Acts chapter 4, verses 1 to 31. And we get to discuss a listener question on spiritual warfare as well. So looking forward to that. If you've got any questions, we'd love to hear what you're wanting us to discuss more. And so you can send those in at podcast at parkcommunitychurch.org. And uh, we'd love to love to see what you're looking to hear more about. So let's get started. I'm Trevor Lovell, and this is the Pastor's Cut with John Latore. Man, John, so good to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, man. It's good to be here. A little early this morning, kind of gloomy outside, but it's nice yeah. to be with some brothers that have some uh, shining faces because of the glory of, of Jesus, man. So, yes, absolutely. That's uh, it's, we need that in the Midwest, right? So to carry us through. <laughs> Amen, dude. I think yeah. you talked about that last week too, as well. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, John, you're actually like brand new to Park. You've been in Chicago for quite some time, but uh, brand new to, to being uh, joining kind of the pastoral team, church planning pastor in the northern region and uh, got some kind of some kind of some things afoot with uh, with Albany Park in particular. Could you just I know that's sort of a broad question, but uh, could you just kind of share a little bit about what's going on with that? Yeah. So brand new to Park. I started uh, February 1st and I've known about Park as long as I've been in Chicago. I've been in Chicago for 15 years and um, been a part of ministry and the kingdom here and just pastoring for the last 10. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the Lord made it clear that it was uh, it was a, a go. It was green light to come on board with Park, which I was really excited about um, just because of what the Lord is doing in and through Park. And uh, to be a part of that is just really, really a blessing. So came on board as a church planning pastor and um the neighborhood that we are praying towards and uh, envisioning the Lord bringing a new gospel work in is Albany Park. It's on the northwest side of Chicago. Uh, it's considered not only the, the most diverse community in Chicago, but also uh, I think NPR just said it was the most diverse community in all of the nation. So yeah. I couldn't be more excited about it, man. Yeah. No, that's really cool. Um, yeah, uh, I love what you're doing too. The kind of the way that you're building relationships with uh, like videos, you know, like and, and kind of relationships with different business owners. That that's such a cool idea. I never would have thought of that personally. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, it kind of just came came to me last minute. Uh, you know, last year when we you know experienced the beginning of the pandemic, everybody's thinking about online and technology and. During that time, I had to move one of my programs, uh, my after-school programs, online. So um, I secured a, a pretty decent camera and some audio equipment, and I, and I just want to grow in it. So, I mean, uh, I, I got on the ground out there, and I was just shooting, and I was like, man, you know, everybody's trying to figure out how to do stuff online, and I think um, you know a lot of business owners and community members of Albany Park might not have the privilege that I do with the background and the connection. Uh, that I do to so many places. So I was like, man, this could be an amazing resource for them just to say, Hey, I'd like to highlight your spot, man. And we all know that it's an undercover for the, for the gospel. So, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's really, yeah, it's cool, man. Like the, um, like, like the innovativeness in approaching and building relationships in a way that's beneficial to them. Um, but also, you know, creates a relationship. So, uh, all that to say, man, just just seeing how things are getting started. I'm excited to see what's to come more and more in Albany Park. So and glad you're glad you're on the team. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. So you preached uh, this past weekend at South Rogers Park. 
and uh, on Acts chapter four, verses one to 31. Could you give us just kind of a quick recap of your sermon? Yeah, just, um, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but Acts is probably one of my favorite books in the Bible. And it's so action packed. We know it's an extension of uh, Luke, who was a disciple of Jesus. It's kind of his second gospel. And it's, it's very detailed. There's a lot of description and uh, it's just action packed, man. Uh, I'm not a big, you know, Marvel or superhero guy, but the way I look at this specific book is it's, it's strategic in the sense that there's like this chess match going on, right? Yeah. Um, there's this duel between these earthly kingdoms and then the incoming inbreaking kingdom of God, where we see just the Lordship of Jesus just being exalted and platformed. And, and that's what we have right here. We have, we have the beginning of kind of the comeback for Peter, man. You know, I, I just, I get excited when I look at Peter and I can relate to him super passionate, kind of puts his foot in his mouth and um, says things he probably shouldn't during his days with Jesus. And I can relate firsthand to that. And, but then we see this reinstitution, uh, this reinstatement to, to the kingdom, right? He, he falls, he denies, and then Jesus welcomes him back. And then this is the chance. This is his comeback here. So we see opposition from the Sadducees, uh, the, the chief priest. We see um, just opposition coming against uh, the disciples at this very chapter. And it's the beginning of opposition and um, oppression that really starts to uh build and develop even in, in an extensive way with Saul coming in and um, martyring uh, Stephen in chapter seven. We're going to see all those coming forth. So this is like the groundwork of that. So I really wanted to hone in on that, um, that, that theme of opposition and persecution and what should the church's response be? Um, so essentially what I said was, you know, this is what it looks like. We, in the face of opposition and persecution, we need to be uh, a church that boldly proclaims and pursues brazen prayer. So that was kind of like my big idea, the bold proclamation of the gospel and just brazen, continuous prayer before the King of Kings in heaven. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's good. It is interesting too, thinking of how, like up until this point, there's been like so many positive things happening for the church. And then all of a sudden this is like the first sign of resistance and some opposition, which as you're saying, it does, it builds really quickly from this moment forward. And uh, yeah. And fascinating with Peter, like when you, when you take into account the actual timeline, this is not that long after the, like the crucifixion and him denying knowing Jesus and, and yet now he's doing all these things just like a couple of months later. It's um, yeah, it is encouraging. And it's, it's pretty cool to see. It really is. And it's a testament to the main theme of the book, the power of the Holy spirit, right? So he's received mm-hmm. the deposit that Jesus promised him. And uh, now G- he can be that bold witness uh, mm-hmm. that, that Christ asked him to be. Uh, so yeah. it's just really encouraging to read that and know that we're in that time period. This is the age of the spirit. We have that same promise of deposit that comes to us as well. So I, I mean, I just get excited personally to just, just boldly proclaim the gospel to who, whoever and whenever. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Good stuff. Man. So um, what got cut from your sermon? What were some things that kind of popped up in, in the study um, that, that you didn't get a chance to include? Yeah. I, I mean, there's so much, right. Uh, first off, 30, 31 verses. I mean, that's not for the faint of heart to move through as a, an expositor and an exegete. I mean, that's a lot of text. Uh, so you got to pick and choose what you include there. 
Um, I, I really wanted to hearken back, and I was telling you guys before, to the discussions that Jesus was having with his disciples as he was preparing them for this very day. And specifically in Matthew 10, he says in verse 18, on my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. And really, this is the fulfillment of those words. And uh, I really wanted to spend time kind of developing those intimate moments that Jesus spent with his disciples, just preparing them for this and uh, just building off that because I think it's really cool to see how he did prepare them. He prepared them perfectly with his words and his teachings and his encouragement and just the fact that they were going to face this. And I don't think it's strange. It's, it's part of the program. They hated me too. So if they hate you and look to persecute you and uh, you're doing the right thing. So I I really wanted to highlight that because we are disciples of Jesus. uh, So we can expect the same as well, just as he prepared them, he's preparing us for the same as well. So I really wanted to highlight that as, uh, as a main point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Even the way that um, like that passage in that, like that theme of standing before governors and rulers, you see it here early on. And, but then you also see it later with, with Paul, right. Who, um, which I guess there's even like an extension there, right. That Jesus, he prepared the disciples when he was there with them personally. Um, But then even, even like with us today, like we're not, we're not necessarily walking side by side, but he's with us. And so still preparing us in the same way that he was able to prepare prepare Paul. And Paul did, Paul did very well when he was standing before those kinds of crowds. So. Yeah. I, I love the story and the acts were not there yet, but I think it's, he's before the governor Felix mm-hmm. and it says that he brought him in cause he just liked listening to Paul. What a yeah. cool, cool statement. And then he says at the end, I don't know if you remember this, but he goes, you almost got me. You're, you're, it's, well, not quite. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're right, man. And, and really too, another piece I wanted to highlight was just the, um, the incarnation of Christ via his Holy spirit. Right. Mm. Um, so they're, they're speaking and preaching in the name of Jesus. That's the manifest incarnate present of Jesus there by way of Holy spirit. And I think we can take heart that we have that same promise too. We didn't walk literally with Jesus, but we're with Jesus. We're abiding in Jesus. We're yeah. seated with Jesus in the heavenly realms because of the Holy spirit. So that connection is just so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, uh, what else? What else got cut? Uh, I, I did want to share a little bit about um, the the use of psalms in uh, the the sermons in Acts. You'll see it. I think uh, you'll see it in Acts two. Peter uses it when he preaches his first sermon. He uses it here, um, and I think that's really important, especially for. Uh, the Jewish audience, obviously, I think this is purposeful. He used it for them to, to highlight that this is the Messiah you have been praying for, waiting for, anticipating he is here, you know, um, that's important. I think just being able to, uh, see how the disciples used the old Testament was their scripture was their Bible. If they were going to preach, they were going to preach from, from those scriptures. and, And they did, they used it often. And I think, that's just a faith builder. When you see over 300 fulfillment uh, prophecies fulfilled in the life, death, uh, suffering, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ, that that's huge. And I wanted to highlight that as a faith builder uh, for the audience on Sunday, but I didn't get a chance to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's good stuff. I think you were saying, even in our discussion, like just prior to, to starting the recording, you were saying that like the book of Acts has um, apart from Isaiah has like the most uh, like, 
messianic prophecies being uh, fulfilled, cited kind of uh, within it, um, within all of scripture, which is that, that in itself is a pretty cool element of the book. It's fascinating, man. I mean, I just walk away as a, a Gentile, you know, New Testament believer and, and I'm like blown away, you know, and just going into the Northwest region and, and just kind of land this in home, uh, land this in the flesh for us now. Uh, I mean, the North side has a huge Jewish population, you know, and, and Skokie, which is just north of um, Albany Park and, you know, yeah. places like that huge Jewish population and God has a heart for the Jews. We know that he, he came first for the Jews and then for the Gentiles. So just to think about those prophecies being fulfilled and how it's still applicable today, not just for that, that Jewish scribe or high priest in that day, but even our neighbors in Skokie, man. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a good way to, to bring down like the, like the significance of that. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I, so I live in Albany park and, and I know what you're saying, like seeing the, there's like a, a Jewish community really close by and uh, yeah. Seeing that, like, you know, these are the Hebrew scriptures, the Jewish scriptures. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so um, listener question, uh, kind of closing segment here. So we got a good one for today. Um, I'm looking forward to discussing this, but um, as followers of Jesus, how should we think about spiritual warfare as followers of Jesus? How should we think about spiritual warfare? Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing we need to do is we need to think about it as something that's real and it's active and it's present here in America. And I think, um, you know, there is a need for us to understand its implications in our life and in our neighborhood and in our city and in our country. I think that's the big one. I, I, I don't believe there is a, uh, I don't believe there is a, uh, a sensitivity to the, how important this theology is. It's biblical. It's, it's part of the Christian's fight. And uh, I think we need to understand that it's very real. And um, we know that Ephesians 6 talks about it, um, that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principality, powers and spiritual authorities in the heavenly realms. This is this is happening right now around us. So I think that's the first thing I would say. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good. I know. um, Yeah, I I know that uh, like I've heard different things said about like there's two kind of like two errors that you can fall into with it. And the one is ignoring it altogether. But then the other is like becoming overly interested and, you know, almost becoming more interested in like in like demons than you are in Jesus. And it's like kind of keeping the focus in the right place there. Um, Yeah, I also feel like it's, you know, it's interesting in different like denominations or in different um you know, spaces or environments within Protestantism, I feel like there's um, like the, the discussions around it can take different shape and people will talk about it with a different level of openness. But it's interesting when you walk through the New Testament, like the Gospels, you do see you see it all over the place. Right. Um, even like with the like some of the I mean, we were just we we're reading Acts. We're, we're, uh, we're not Acts, but we're we're reading through the Gospel of Mark uh, as a family trying to uh, get kind of like lead into Easter. And yeah. so we're reading um, Mark chapter three. And Jesus, he calls the, uh, uh, like kind of the disciples that he wants. And then within those, the 12, and then he gives them authority to cast out demons is what it says, which is just fascinating. And I think sometimes like in our Western context, we, um, we're not as open to like looking at things or maybe acknowledging like a spiritual reality, but, uh, man, to some extent, I feel like 
I feel like we're doubters until it's 3 a.m., you know, <laughs> and, and you're awake and there's a certain feeling. And uh, yeah, I, I'll say one of the things I found encouraging, um, you know, like becoming a follower of Christ at 19. And so then having what you you were, I think, early 20s. And so having some 22. recollection of what it yeah, what it was like before. And uh, there's a sense in which being able to interpret those kinds of experiences is really helpful and, and to be able to. Um, you know, like when there's a sense of fear that comes over you, that seems not, it's not, it's not natural. There's like a supernatural element to it and realizing that there's a sense of authority that we have um, and, and and a comfort that like the, the same spirit who created the heavens, the earth, everything within them like lives inside of us. And, um, and so there's a security and a protection there. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to say to that, but that it's an interesting conversation. Yeah. Great, great topic, Trevor. And I, I totally agree with you. My, my journey, my background is kind of both ends of the spectrum, right? So I, I was saved and um, discipled in a, a, a very hyper charismatic environment. Um, so, I mean, there was cats and the demons, there was, you know, all types of stuff going on. And it seemed like there was this, in, in my opinion, this uh, overemphasis on everything was a den- demonic attack and Satan's right here in the room. What, what, no, Satan's not omnipresent. So I, I don't know if he's in this room right now, you know, he, he, he could be, but there's a good chance he's not, you know, he, he's a fallen angel and he, he's, he, he has a location that he's, uh, you know, bound by. Um, but then the pendulum swing, all the way, I went to, to Moody Bible Institute and, and loved, loved the school, but you just, for four, four, even 10 years, I didn't hear anything about, demons or spiritual warfare. It was very little. Um, and so you're right, man. I think there is this need to find kind of a, a, you know, a balance in between the two and, um, also understand that, you know, we're in the city of Chicago and I'm going to Albany park, um, Mm -hmm. God willing to plant a church. And when you think about the world at large, um, I think there's a lot more, encounters that the global church has with, mm-hmm. you know, very tangible experiences with demon oppression and possession. I think both are happening, mm-hmm. you know, in a greater measure in the world. I mean, I think it happens differently in America. So I do believe that, yeah, we, we do have to have a framework somewhere in the middle, but we also need to understand at the end of the day, you know, greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And, and that's yeah. where I would just bank on it. Yep. There, there's demons around us. There's spiritual warfare we're engaging in, but, but we, we have the risen Christ in us yeah. and we overcome and we're called to operate in that type of power authority. That's the book of Acts, right? So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So good point. I agree with you, man. Real good point. Yeah. Good stuff. Man, well, John, it's it's been great having you on the show. Looking forward to having you back um, again soon at some point. But yeah, thanks thanks so much for making the time. You bet, Trevor. Thanks for having me, and uh, have a good day, man. Yeah, you as well. All right, brother. Thanks for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And as always, if you've got any questions, go ahead and send those in to us at podcast at parkcommunitychurch.org or just drop a comment wherever you happen to be listening. Thanks so much. We'll be back next week.